Taylor, thank you. Thank you, thank you. He never hesitates to take us in his arms. Isn't that beautiful? Well, good uh, morning. How are we? How are we today? Well, vacations have started. We have some on vacation. Some are not doing well today at home. But aren't you happy we're doing well and we're here today? Amen. Amen. We are in the presence of the Lord. Today, you know, um, I had I made some bullets here, and I found them. Today uh, is Prayer Sunday. This day, Franklin uh, Graham sent a, a, a note to the whole nation, a letter, to designate June 2nd as a prayer day for the president. You know about that? How many do know about that? Amen. So you know about it. And, you know, it's scriptural. Because we should pray for our president, our cabinet, Congress, Senate, and all those who are in authority over us. And truly, this is in the Bible. So let's open and project here, if you have it, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. I'm going to read it. I am going to read it, and you read it with me. First of all, then I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men. For kings, at that time, kings, and all who are in authority, in order that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. And this is why we have, uh, we accepted and we always pray, and especially during the men's prayer meeting on, uh, uh, on Monday nights, uh, one of the brothers always prays for the, uh, for the president, and our armed forces, and each and every one. So let us take a moment, bow our heads, and pray for our nation, our president, our nation. During these times of uncertainties, we lift up our hearts in prayer for our president and our nation, O Lord, seeking your will in their lives and the lives of every citizen in this beloved country. We have the privilege to pray for those who are in authority over us. Oh, yes. Through the years, some great men have led our nation, and we thank you, Lord, for them. Now, a special prayer we offer to help our current president as we navigate, as he navigates the many issues that meet him daily. Grant him wisdom from above and foresight to lead us, to lead this great nation you bestowed on, you bestowed on it your blessings and your kindness. And Lord, grant him courage and strength and give him the strength of character 
to do what is right for each and every citizen. Help us to always remember to pray for him and his cabinet, the Congress, the Senate, and all those who are in authority. We also offer a special prayer for our armed forces, Coast Guard, firefighters, and law officers, and the heroes who sacrificed their lives to protect our freedom. Bless them all. As for our president, we ask you to guide him with your wisdom, Lord, and grant him through your spirit the insight and the strength to protect our freedom in all levels of society and preserve it in the spirit of your love and righteousness. We ask all this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And everybody said amen. Yes. May the Lord bless this nation. You know, when you speak about this nation, I get fired up. But I will reserve it till the end of the month. And then we will have, we will have a fiery, fiery uh, Sunday. Let's continue. Not today, but every day. Our nation is in trouble. And we need, we need to have a wise president to take charge and help us through these uncertainties that we're facing. Amen? Now, can you switch your mind completely to this morning and to the, to the message? This week, my message started to be something and it ended up completely something else. Those who speak, they understand me more and more. And in order not to take more of your time, let's open our Bibles. Let's open our Bibles to Philippians, the letter of Paul to the Philippians, chapter 1. Verse 21. The letter of Paul to the Philippians, chapter 1 and verse 21. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Paul writing to the Philippians. But if I am to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me and I do not know which to choose. But I am hard-pressed from both directions, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is very much better or far better for me. Yet, to remain on in the flesh is more necessary for your sake, and I am convinced of this. I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the face so that your proud confidence in me may abound in Christ Jesus through my coming to you again. Now, this is a verse I want to bring to your attention. Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. I repeat, only conduct yourself or yourselves, in a manner worthy 
of the gospel of Christ. Amen. May the Lord bless his word. Ever since Stephen, the first Christian martyr, uttered his last words, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Genuine believers all over the world have been paying the high price for their stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. But as for us, I have no introduction. I'm going to go into the heart of the matter today. As for us, in view of what Paul is asking the Philippians, only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Christians, as for us, how should we then live? How should we conduct ourselves? We read it and pass by this verse. It says, yeah, we should be good Christians. All right. Thank God for good Christians. Thank God for genuine Christians. But how to conduct ourselves in every phase of our lives? And I came up with a couple of things. The number one thing that we should be always aware of and watch it is to live an uncompromising life. In other words, our life, whatever we do, wherever we go, whatever our lifestyle is, hopefully it always pleases the Lord, we shall not submit to compromise. We shall not compromise our faith. We take a stand. And let us settle this in our mind, that if we're really living according to the Great Commission, not only the one that found in the last verse of Matthew, but the commission started in, uh, in Acts chapter 1. I will read it to you. And verse 8, that here it is. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. The Lord speaking, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. This is the commission that we should live up to it. And I know one thing. If we are living, if we are living, I might, might be asking too much, but allow me to say this. If we are living the out and out Christian life, we shall be in the world's bad books. Do you understand that? 
A young man came to D.L. Moody and said, Mr. Moody, I want to be a Christian, but must I give up the world? I'm going into the subject, right? Must I give up the world? Moody replied, young man, if you live in the out and out Christian life, the world will soon give you up. Period. I went to the pastor when I first got saved. I said, what shall I do? I have so many friends and we have appointments to go have a drink here and there and have fun together. And I don't want to do that. How do I do it? He said, show them Christ in your life and they will run away from you. And you know, this is what happened. That's my experience. This is what happened. Let's live. We are challenged to live the out and out life. And your name, I assure you, will be in the bad books in the world. If we are popular with the world crowd, if we find ourselves not shunned and penalized in one way or the other for walking with Christ, we have good cause to question our Christianity and inspect our faith. Am I living an uncompromising life? That's the question. We are called. And Paul is saying, conduct yourself in a manner worthy, worthy of the gospel of Christ. Nowadays, Christianity has been watered down in many, many churches. I respect every church and every pastor and every denominations, but I call on our church to look around and live an uncompromising life. We have so far, and, and we will continue by the grace of God, never to compromise our music, our beliefs, our Bible study, our prayers, and whatever we do, we want to bring glory to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I am in no way, please understand me, suggesting to go and provoke needless hostility with others. No, 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 no. But on the other hand, do not expect yourself to be popular. The world does not like a stand for the name of Jesus Christ. In fact, our nation is going now, they, they're doing so many things to deny and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In every area. And this is why I said in my prayers, lots of uncertainties we are facing and the president is facing and each one in authority. Whether they take a stand or do not. And we hope they will. Do not shun criticism. Did you hear me? Or persecution. Of any kind. And do not fear it when it comes your way. 
avoid any, here's, here's one for you, any negotiation with the enemy. Avoid it. You know what the enemy is asking from you? To be a compromising Christian. When Peter and John were arrested and tried before the Sanhedrin, the highest religious court at that time in the nation. They were asked to stop spreading the word of God. And listen to this. What was their answer? What was their answer? No compromise. Now, we cannot stop speaking what we have seen and heard. Period. No negotiations. You know what gets us? When we negotiate with the devil. And we cannot match his wit. He is an old, tricky demon. Do not just turn your back and tell him, no negotiations. And on my part, I cannot compromise my Christian life, period. And conduct yourself only. Only in a manner worthy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did he compromise? Did the Lord Jesus Christ compromise your life and mine? He never did and went to the cross and died for yours, sins and mine and gave us such a wonderful life, eternal life. Let's not compromise our stand for him and stand firm. And what did they, what did they do? They, they give them some, they beat them and they sent them out. And you know what they consider themselves the disciples? They were out rejoicing. They were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. When the three Hebrews were asked to bow down for the big statue that the king made of all, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what did they say? We shall not bow to the Big statue, big picture at all. He said, then you're going to die. You're going to be thrown in the fire. You either bow or fire. The answer was, fire. We shall not bow. No compromise. Many men that we read about, Never compromise their stand. Imagine if Moses compromised his stand. And he stayed in in Egypt. But he called this rubbish. And led his people to the promised land. An uncompromising life for the Lord Jesus Christ. 
is the only way to live in this 21st century. We haven't seen yet real problems that beset us. It might come. I hope not. But it might not come. And it might come. Let's be ready. The disciples expected it. All those great heroes of old, if you read Hebrews chapter 11, all those great heroes of old expected it. They stood firm. They took a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. And they counted it a privilege and an honor to stand for him. Let us conduct ourselves in an uncompromising way. I read a story. I thought you heard it from me. But just to illustrate, to illustrate the point here. It's about the dangers of compromise. A hunter raised his rifle and took careful aim at a large bear. When about to pull the trigger, the bear spoke in a soft, soothing voice. Isn't that how the devil comes to us? I say, is it better to talk than to shoot? What do you want? Let us negotiate the matter and come to a compromise. Lowering his rifle, the hunter replied, I want a fur coat. Good, said the bear. That is a negotiable question. I only want a full stomach. So let us negotiate a compromise. Okay. This is the end of the story here. They sat down to negotiate a compromise. And after a time, the bear walked away alone. (laughs) The negotiations had been successful. The bear had a full stomach. And the hunter had his fur coat. This is when we give in to compromise. Satan says, let's come to a compromise. But there are things we cannot negotiate nor compromise on. We cannot compromise the church with the world. Did you hear me? Christ and his church deserve our very best. Our loyalty. Our support. Because when we support the church of God, we're supporting the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are doing exactly conducting ourselves in a manner worthy of the Lord Jesus Christ and his gospel. I'm compromising lives. Oh, yes. 
Let's take this stand and do it. It's worthy of the gospel. My second point, and I will end. We are, said we are to live an uncompromising lives. Secondly, we are to be his witnesses. Didn't, didn't he say, you are my witnesses? Didn't he say that? You shall be witnesses to me. Are we? Witnessing is not necessarily preaching. The prime importance of a witness, listen to this, is to give his first-hand experience about his Lord and Savior. That's all. How about that blind man when the Lord opened his eyes? Tell us, who did it? He said, I don't know his name even. But I know one thing. Listen, he's witnessing. I know one thing. I was blind, but now I can see. Are you following? We were all blind. You are his witness. Oh, I am not, I'm not a preacher, Edo. Even I cannot, I cannot pronounce two sentences without stumbling. You don't need to. A witness relates his own experience about the matter. In our law courts, here, here's one for you. A witness is not asked what he thinks, but what he actually knows by direct contact with the case under trial. That's all. That's all. What happened to you? You're a different person. <coughs> Excuse me. You're a different person now. We don't know you. We don't know you like that. Well, I tell you one thing. The Lord changed my life. I was asked at work. The first day it was morning. I went to work. Where are we going tonight? We used to plan where we're going each night, you know, with the boys. It wasn't that bad. It's bad, you know, drinking a little bit and then going home during my days. Nowadays, it's totally different. I said, I tell you one thing. I am not going anymore. One guy pulled my chair. He said, why? What happened? I said, last night, the Lord changed my life. They dropped me. I didn't have to worry about dropping them. <coughs> they dropped me. And since then, I try to live in a manner, in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are asked to be witnesses. Please listen, listen to what a man wrote. I don't know his name. To be a witness for the Lord is not something extra for the Christian. Did you hear that? It is basic. It's not a dessert, but the main course. Not a sideshow, 
but the main tent. It is not a motive to which we can resort to when it is convenient. It's, it is a controlling force to which we have committed our lives. Am I going to be a witness? I'm going to stand for Christ at work? And people may ask you, hey, I see you, I see you, you, you don't swear anymore. It's okay. Okay. The answer is not I belong to the church at San Ramon Valley in San Ramon. No. That's not the answer. I'm a member in the church. That's not the answer. I go to church every Sunday and attend Bible study on Wednesday. That's not the answer. The right answer is the Lord has changed my life. I have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. Can we take this stand? We said what the number one, we are not going to compromise. We're living in the last days, folks. I love you. And I love my Christ. And I've been thinking about that lately. The church is getting weak. The church in general. And it's compromising its stand. They are introducing many things into the church nowadays. They're accepting many other things that are against the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are not to accept that. Like the disciples of of old, we cannot change our stand. What we have seen, what we have heard, that's what we live in, we believe in. And what is your experience? Have you been saved? Did you have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ? Did he change your life? This is what you are witness for. When you are asked, the Lord has changed my life. And when? Two weeks ago? Six years ago? Whatever. Whatever duration you've been with Christ, tell them what God has done in your life. How should we then live? We should live a life that is void of any, any thing that is against the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's introduce this in the church. The world is doing it and everybody is doing it. Let's introduce dancing. Let's introduce rock music. Jim might not like this, but that's okay. Our music is sacred music. Our beliefs are beliefs. Given by the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe in the word of God. And we shall not. We shall not. It's not negotiable. Applause and empty words. Of the world. Have a hollow ring. We are marching. Allow me to say that. To a different drumbeat. Adel, you're, you're too much this afternoon. No, different drumbeat. We listened to the voice of our master, our king, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
We fear God and pleasing Him is our greatest delight. Yes? This is the lifestyle of a true witness. You understand me? How is your lifestyle? You know, Spurgeon, everybody loves Spurgeon. Spurgeon wrote this with regards to having a stand. We fear God, he says, not because of many, of any compulsion. Our faith is no fetter. Our profession, our witness is no bondage. We are not dragged to holiness, nor driven to duty. No, our reverence is our pleasure. Our hope is our happiness, and our duty is our delight. Someone said, living a life of a true witness, it's not just something a Christian says, but what a Christian is. Of course, words are important, but they are no substitute for a Christ-like demeanor. No substitute. Are you a good witness? You know what? The world will listen to a witness that has a life manifesting the Lord Jesus Christ. They will listen. And the world, on the other hand, will scoff at words, however they're forceful, because the life does not support the words. How's your life? How's your witness? Do we compromise? Two things I brought to your attention. An uncompromising life and a true witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Go home, please, and read these verses I read today. Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayers. Our Father, we hear your voice. We know what you need from us. And if we failed you in the past, please help us, Lord, to stand firm on the word, your word, and live an uncompromising life and a life of a true witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. We love you and thank you for your voice. May your words today be in our hearts and follow us and help us, Lord, as we go out into this world to live in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help us, we pray, in Jesus' name.
Amen.